Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Garbamayo, and I am so excited to be here with you today. I want to ask you a question. Have you been a victim of bullying or horizontal violence in the workplace? So in this episode, we are joined by Dr. Cheryl Green. Dr. Green is an associate professor at Southern Connecticut State University within the Department of Nursing and a off-shift nurse leader at Yale New Haven Hospital in New Haven, Connecticut. Dr. Green has been a registered nurse for over 31 years and a licensed clinical social worker for over 27 years. She has a lot of great experience. Her areas of research include incivility, mental illness, medication error prevention, medical surgical health issues, incivility and discrimination, prayer and spirituality, self-care, distraction, stress and anxiety, nursing education, health disparities, addictions, simulation, and mindfulness. We are so excited to hear from Dr. Cheryl Green in this episode where we're going to talk about incivility and how it impacts our wellness. Uh, Welcome, Dr. Cheryl Green, to the Nurse Wellness Podcast. So happy to have you here. Um, Can we start off by you telling us a little bit about your background? I know you had an interesting career. You went from nursing to social work to counseling back to nursing. So can you tell us a little bit about that whole transition? Yes. So my background, um, as uh, Wendy said, is in nursing and uh, social work. Um, So I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And I do have a background in psychotherapy, as well as being a psychiatric nurse and um, multiple areas in nursing, med surge, community health, um, crisis, ED crisis. And that overlaps some with the um, clinical social work. Multiple areas of interest. (laughs) Yes. And and they complement each other. I mean, social work, nursing, psych. That's that's such a great compliment. Um, I always thought I wanted to be a social worker too, like early, early on in my career, because there's so much psychosocial things that go on in nursing that I think it's a great um, addition to what we do. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about what got you into researching um, incivility, horizontal violence and bullying, because it is a huge problem in our profession of nursing. So what motivated you to start studying this? Well, what motivated me was actually experiencing in the workplace um, and in a supervisory role um, in multiple facilities, um, not just um, currently the I currently I work at Yale, but um, long before Yale was um, on my CV, um, just experiencing it basically everywhere. Um, observing it, 
especially with uh, newer nurses and also older nurses transitioning from other facilities or uh, maybe they relocated to a different state because a spouse took another job. Um, and I just saw how these very confident men and women um, came in excellent with patient care and everything, and, and they were just targeted um, in a very um, unhealthy and demeaning way. And it really concerned me. And I'm a journaler. And over the years, I just um, would write. And also, there were many times I would ask the perpetrator, well, why are you doing this? Or when they try to engage you, I didn't observe that behavior. I didn't see that in that person. And then what they would do, like a lot of bullies do, they either try to defend what they're doing or they back down and find another person to align with them to go after the target. I think it's um, very, very dangerous. As we know, um, you know, through the news, there was that nurse in the UK that committed suicide after being bullied. Um, and she was engaged with children, young, a young nurse. Um, so it's very alarming when we don't um, address it. Our profession is a profession of caritas, and we are obliged if we call ourselves caregivers, um, then this makes us hypocrites because caregivers shouldn't be uncaring to one another, you know, because literally we're a profession of light and life. That's how I view nursing. We talk about Florence Nightingale, the woman with the lamp, uh, bringing light into the darkness and providing care to soldiers during a war. Um, and then we take the pledge, but yet we don't live it. No one should enter a caritas profession um, with bullying and incivility being present. It's, it's so detrimental. And American Nurses Association has said zero tolerance because we know when there is bullying and uncivil behaviors in the workplace that um, our patients are more likely to die in our care because you have a preoccupied nurse that cannot focus, that starts to feel poorly equipped, not capable of doing what they've been trained to do and may have for many years been very good at. Yeah, I was reading a study the other day that said that 50% of nurses experience bullying in the workplace. And this article is from 2019. And it made me start thinking about just the stress of COVID along with bullying, right? So mm -hmm. stress levels are higher, which yep. can just amplify that experience because That's people right. have things going on outside of work, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and even in the community, in the Nurse um, Wellness Hub, I did a poll and a lot of nurses said they have experienced or witnessed bullying. So it still is a prevalent problem. What do you think is the underlying cause of this behavior? Insecurity, definitely, no doubt. Um, we're in a predominantly female profession. As I said, it's not abnormal also for men to be involved in bullying, but you know, amongst a predominantly female profession, um, it's more likely gonna be females that are the perpetrators against other females. Um, 
but I, I, I see at the core of it is a lot of insecurities that the perpetrators have. Um, they're threatened by a particular person, um, and they just target that person. And it could be, have been, uh, it could have been something as simple as poor communication or lack of communication that that person may be unaware of. Um, and that person's, the other person's um, holding on to um, something that was perceived incorrectly. And things like that can be resolved just with mediation. It can start at a, even at a managerial level or even just decidedly colleague to colleague. Why are you treating me this way? <laughs> if that person feels safe, comfortable. Um, the problem is, is when it goes on um, for a significant amount of time and there's more than one bullying and the literature calls this mobs. Um, when multiple nurses get together and go after another colleague. Um, and yes, the literature says very often, um, and I've noticed in my own studies, that it, it very much is uh, insecurity. There's joy stealing as well. Um, the literature has mentioned that where um, people just don't like to see people that are happy, <laughs> which is, is very interesting. Um, so they bully to literally uh, steal their joy. Use of sarcasm, demeaning, um, dis deciding they don't want a certain type of nurse to work with them. And there's a discriminatory component, um, racial component as well. Um, so nurses, long and short of it, if you are experiencing it, you should not isolate yourself Um especially if you know that other nurses are witnessing it, you know, ask them, did you observe that? It's, it's, I always find it interesting to inquire about the happenings in our work environment, you know, because I need to know for myself, am I perceiving it incorrectly? Because we all bring our stuff in, you know, um, and we do a lot of self-talk and those self-talks can be, right on sometimes, and they can also be clouded by prior experiences, both positive and negative. So it's always good to inquire, ask another colleague, did they witness it? If they did, more than likely it's not in your head, <laughs> you know? Um, and as I said, if you're not comfortable addressing it directly with the bully, if bully, if you don't feel, or bullies, if you don't feel safe, um, then you may need to talk to your supervisor, um, but always first address it with them, the person that you're experiencing it with, because the supervisor is going to ask, did you try to discuss it? Did you, you know, and you can talk to the supervisor and ask them about um, basically acting as mediator so that you can heal the hurts. So it's not an issue in the environment. The problem becomes difficult and complex when managers themselves are involved in the bullying process and they've adapted that culture and it's okay. And you're new to the culture, especially for a new graduate nurse or a nurse that's transitioning from another unit. Um, and it must be something wrong with you because this is how my units always functioned. 
And that happens, unfortunately, when I um, was had my own practice, uh, private practice, I used to get physicians and nurses in that experienced that horribly. And it's very tough when you have a boss that um, says the culture is okay when it's just not. It's just not. And finding that bridge um, to help that person understand sometimes they don't want to cross that bridge. You know, they like it broken. That's how they're content with functioning that way. Um, because we adapt to what we're used to, you know, the good and the bad. Um, if that's the case, then it has to go higher. It has to go to the director level or it has to go to HR. No response there. Sometimes you have to get an attorney involved, but you really should go to those levels if it's that sick. And I say sick, um, an environment because it makes people so sick, gastrointestinal symptoms, um, depression. I had already mentioned the, the um, UK nurse example on the, uh, with the suicide. It's, it's significant and it's very, um, it's very alarming. Yeah, the stress of it all can definitely start manifesting physically on you. And being in academia, uh, you yourself, do you teach or does your institution teach student nurses how to identify and deal with bullying in the workplace? Because many times the new grads are targeted or even nursing students. I've seen that myself in clinical practice where you have students coming in, you know, to learn and the environment's hostile, right? It's not even a learning environment. So So you were saying about um, the academic environment and teaching students. Yes, to identify bullying or horizontal violence and how to deal with it. Is that something that's taught in the um, academic setting? I don't think as much as it should. It should be. and I think it's very important. I make a point of discussing it in um, the entry-level courses, the foundations course. Um, we call it um, professional practice, basically. Nursing professional practice is a 340 course. And I do talk to nursing students about that. Um, actually, when I when it comes up, because it, it always comes up in even my adult health courses because they're in clinical And they're just amazed at how licensed professionals can be unprofessional. And I think that's a good opportunity to talk about um, the importance of civility and uh, the importance from nurse to nurse, uh, nurse to other healthcare providers and and nurse to student and uh, nurse to managers, administration, and um, of course, nurse to patient. Because anyone can be impacted within the system. We're talking more so about nurse to nurse, but anyone can. And what's interesting, again, what the literature says is that um, students start being bullies in nursing school. (laughs) And they just graduate to be bullies within the workplace. So we have an opportunity as educators to make a difference, to break that cycle. But that's also an an area... um, of study um, that I've done and written on as well. There's also a lot of bullying in academia, a lot of bullying in academia, um, faculty to faculty in civility. Um, so it gets complex. How can you teach what you're not modeling? 
Very true. Very true. And I think it's important for us to, one, be able to identify and confront it. So we always talk about advocacy in terms of nurses advocating for patients, but we also have to advocate for ourselves, right? I mean, because in our profession alone, there's a shortage of nurses and that can definitely be um, a factor. I'm not sure if, if there's any research on that, but a lot of nurses are leaving the bedside for whatever oh, yeah. I'm sure bullying and horizontal violence and incivility um, definitely has to be a factor. Why not? Oh, yeah, it is. On the bedside. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Because people will stay at a job that doesn't have the best pay um, just because it's a healthy environment. Um, doesn't have the best title, you know, because it's a healthy environment. So it definitely contributes to it. And um, one thing about this generation that's coming into the workplace, this generation of nursing, a lot of them are very focused on just wanting to be happy. And I commend them on that. Um, What we see, though, is turnover. But at the same time, they're very, these millennials are very focused on work-life balance. You know, we were told, I've been a nurse for over 31 years, and I remember being told, um, you know, if if it's a rough environment, you know, that's just nursing, and you just grin and bear it, you put up with it. So, you know, when I did experience it, um, I just took Maalox and kept it moving, you know. (laughs) But I I don't tell new grads to do that. Um, when I work with them, I tell them, you know, um, you need we need to address this. If you need help addressing it, how long has this been going on? Did you talk directly to the person? Um, what was the issue? Did anything, uh, was anything miscommunicated? When do you think it was miscommunicated? And um, I'll be happy to help you resolve it if I can. You know, just because I'm so aware of, of the degree of um, physical and emotional damage it can do. Yeah, and how it impacts the rest of your life. Um, And and one question I have for you, have you found any um, certain like common characteristics of nurses who are bullied? Are are they usually more quieter nurses, um, non-confrontational? Have you found anything in the research about that? The nurses that are bullied? The the victim. Mm -hmm. The victims. Well, anyone can become a victim, really, Um, but they do tend to be, um, you know, not withdrawn, but tend to be quieter, um, get their work done. They they just come to work. They don't do anything. They're they're not your lazy nurses or your nurses that are not doing their job. They have just been chosen to be, you know, scapegoated, if you will, (laughs) you know, Um, and um more characteristics exist in the literature, more so for the perpetrators. Mm. Uh, but a lot of these nurses from practice that I've seen tend to um, not be very confrontational. They're nurses that are less likely to stick up for themselves. So the perpetrators, do you find that they have been bullied? or in abusive relationships. I think that's in the literature too, looking at their background. And when they come to the workplace, they feel superior, right? And they're able to have a target or an outlet for their anger that they may be dealing with in their personal lives. Right. It's about control for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And if you have a, a very quiet nurse, just, just, you know, getting, just wanting to get her, her work done or his work done and keep it moving and kind of just wants to stay out of trouble and that's perceived, that's, that's a good target for them. But as I said, they do tend to be very insecure, may have gone um, or experienced uh, physical or emotional, uh, physical or emotional um, violence um, or just been yelled at, bullied themselves. And some people just also consider it an, a normal initiation to the profession itself. I was bullied. Um, so what's the big deal? We're just initiating her. And I've been told that too by other nurses, even when I was working as a manager and a director of nursing. She's no different or he's no different than anybody else. I experienced it too, Cheryl. It's just an initiation to the profession. If you can survive it, you're golden. Um, really? And, and, yeah. And um, it's it's not it's it's not sink or swim. It's not an initiation. It's very unhealthy. How are you supposed to take care of your patients? I mean, if you're worried about you know, I mean, nursing by itself is a very stressful job. Right. Never mind worrying about going in and, and being a victim of, of bullying or incivility. But that is crazy. I, I've never heard that as, as an initiation yeah. into the profession. That that's it's just normal. But think yeah. about what we call it. Nurses eat their young. You know, nurses eat their young. And that's not okay. We shouldn't be eating our young, our old, or anyone else. <laughs> Right. 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 Um, I read an article that you wrote. It, it's titled Enough is Enough. Um, and you were at a meeting and you actually said those words. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience <laughs> that made you write that article? That was an early day article. <laughs> so um, just I have to be careful just with confidentiality. So um, I was um, in a meeting um Basically, I had it was shortly after I had presented um, in a, another forum, and they were just talking about uh, different circumstances and how things they had experienced it. And then the thing that we do best as nurses, and I think that speaks to a lot of our um, dependency issues that a lot of us bring in, <laughs> to the, you know, from our, 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 our regular lives before nursing. They were kind of like almost normalizing it. Some were normalizing it and some were just like, well, I'm thinking about changing jobs because, um, and I went to speak to a counselor because, and my stomach's been bothering me and I've been doing this. And, and, and I was just sitting there and you know how you'd like mourn in the inside. Um, it's the opposite of the butterflies and it starts to just feel uncomfortable and you're like, no. And I was just like, you know what? Enough is enough. And it startled them. This, this is not acceptable. No, you, it's not healthy for you to have to go to the doctor and be on H2s and PPIs as a nurse. No, it's not normal for you not to be able to sleep. No, it's not normal for your hair to be falling out. No, it's not normal for you to come home and instead of enjoying your family, you're crying or you're angry because you're giving them the reverse of what you got at work. It's not normal. And enough is enough. And it came out of my mouth before I knew it. And it came out very loudly. I was like, this is not okay. This is not okay. 
it's just not okay. And I, uh, I just think that nurses need to reach that point where enough is enough. We should protect and advocate for one another because we do it for our patients. Why not your own colleague? And then take it further, if, especially if they're feeling helpless and stuck. How dare you? I'm, I'm just like, it's almost now offensive to me that we use, like I said, the caritas profession. We study all these theories, Watson, <laughs> transcultural theories, <laughs> all these different theories about caring and, and intermingling and communication, but we don't demonstrate it with each other. And shame on us, you know, and it's not to be tolerated. It's not to be tolerated. Life is too short. If one thing I learned this year from COVID after losing colleagues that didn't expect to die from a virus while taking care of patients, you know, this goes well beyond the self-sacrifice that we um, that we do as nurses. This became a life and death issue. Life is too darn short, nurses, to tolerate nonsense in the workplace. If they're doing something bad, don't be afraid. Get rid of them. If they can correct it, that's one thing. Because nurses, I've seen, I've seen situations, and even as a manager, I had a nurse that was uh, a horrible bully, and I inherited her um, when I took the job from another manager. And nurses working with her were actually afraid of her. So what I did was I made her environment uncomfortable. You know, she was doing this on night shift. I wanted her to be visible. So I said, I'm taking you off nights. I put you on days. I put, I'm putting you on days. I put her on days. And I would meet with her once a week and talk about, give me, she had to create a plan as to why she was, how she was going to change her behavior because she was on progressive discipline disciplinary action plan and if she didn't improve she was out because there was enough documentation years ago to get rid of this nurse good nurse or not she was misbehaving and killing off all the other nurses they had a turnover on this unit because of one nurse on a night shift so it disrupted her shift took her off the night shift put her on the days which gave which gave me visibility of her i had gave multiple colleagues, uh, doctors, different disciplines, we could see what she was doing. It wasn't hidden on the night shift anymore. We had a progressive action plan. Long and short of it, getting to know her, I actually started to like her. And I actually started to really feel for her because there was something deeply hurting in this woman. And one day I asked her, you know, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be running down. I almost said the restaurant, which would give me away with <laughs> the location. But I said, you know, I'm going to run run off Browns real quick. And, and do you want anything? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I brought my lunch. Plus, I don't have uh, I don't have the change right now. And I said, well, I'm, I'll get it for you. And, and I said, you know, um, let's eat in my office. And she said, oh, OK. So we met. We just start, start, we ate together. We started talking. And come to find out, she was going through a horrible, horrible, horrible divorce. Horrible divorce. Was sleep deprived because she was on the night shift and wasn't used to working nights, but had gone to the night shift because of taking care of the kids and everything. Um, the best thing that could have happened was disrupting because now she, she had to get childcare, but she 
also was able to to get more sleep herself. And she also, with getting more sleep, she was also able to see her contribution to the dysfunction in her life in addition to the dysfunction that was handed over to her from her spouse in a dysfunctional marriage. And it was a wake-up call for me. Long and short of it, without going into too much detail because I'd be concerned about breaking confidentiality, she's a good nurse. She stayed Um, became one of my stronger nurses um, and a preceptor for newer nurses coming on the unit, just the opposite of what she used to do. They used to run away from her. And, um, And if there's one makeover bully story that makes me feel good, it's her. You know, because um, sometimes you don't understand what people are going through. Their backstories that make them um, become those perpetrators and and just mean nasty nurses. No other way to put it. And she's a good person, and she had a good heart. She just had a lot going on. Yeah, and I think that's important. Everyone has a story, right? So it's really taking the time to one listen to the story and have some understanding and and have empathy, right? Right for the people, even the bullies. I mean, some some of them right. hug and they start crying, right? Because <laughs> all they need is a hug. <laughs> they need that's they need true. That's true. But that's true. you said something else I wanted to kind of unpack a little bit. So what about like you did a great job as a manager? What advice do you have to nurse managers who may have a bully on their unit who's disrupting the environment? What advice would you have for someone listening right now who just don't know what to do. Don't be afraid or think of yourself as a failure with regards to your management style because you have that going on in your unit. I think sometimes as managers, it's um, easier to ignore the problem because it speaks to what a lot of managers speaks uh, uh, view as their inability to um, control the environment around them and, and get a good grip on their on their nursing staff. Um, and also, as I said, either either that that manager um, could be contributing to that bullying environment or maybe victim to it as well. Um, and, and that's what we need to realize, too. And the nurse, that's the nurse, the nurse manager has to has to do some introspection themselves to see where they are on that spectrum. Am I contributing to the dysfunction? Am I also being victimized by these nurses or that nurse? And why am I allowing this to happen? Because there's also a backstory with why they're allowing that to happen as well. Because we can't be afraid to be disruptors. There's healthy disruptors. Because when we hear disruption, we think of it negatively. But there's healthy disruptions. Sometimes we need to shake up the status quo to make good things come out of a negative environment. And I think that um, if that manager is uncomfortable doing so, they could either get that support from their director, but they have to be willing to disclose what's going on on that unit. Or, you know, there's, there are support groups for managers as well. Uh, meet within one of those managerial support groups because uh, there are some available for nurses and and talk it over about what's going on in your unit and who's causing it 
and what can be done to repair it. Also, have a powwow with your nurses. In one of those nursing meetings, take a poll. Um, because they're honestly, especially if it's a nice anonymous poll, uh, or you have a, a box, uh, what do you call those, those uh, idea boxes? What are they? Projection box. Projection or, boxes. Yes, yes. <laughs> or, or you can send out a hyperlink, whichever works for you, where you can gather anonymous data from your nursing staff. Um, and don't be afraid to ask, uh, what could I do as a manager to change? Do I contribute to the problem? Um, or, you know, do you feel like I've tried to address the solution or not at all? Is, is the environment healthy, unhealthy? Because nurses are good about, when they answer it, they're going to answer it, especially if it's anonymous. They'll, they'll tell you things that you don't even want to know. <laughs> but that's a good thing because it's staring at you in the face. And then take that, take that data and then, you know, just create a visual document. Um, and in that next meeting, hand it out to the nurses and take a look. This is the information that you gave me. And, um, so what do we need to work on together as a team to fix this, you know? And it's very empowering because when you say, I experienced this and this was hurtful for me, you kind of open the door for others to say, wow, they're thinking in their head, even if they don't say it immediately, wow, you know, that person's in charge and they experience that. And, you know, so maybe it is, Okay, so even if they don't say it directly in that meeting, they may meet with you individually. And then eventually, you're going to empower them to the point where, you know, you're going to have little groups of nurses that are, are willing to speak out in those meetings. At least that's what I found. Once people are empowered and you give them the permission, you create a safe space for them, that, that stuff is going to go, you know, or that person's going to leave that healthy unit, <laughs> you know? And that's a sign of a good leader. You empower the people, you know, your direct reports to speak up, to be innovative. Um, and I think something we need to do in nursing, you know, like horizontal violence, bullying, stress, burnout, we know these are issues. I feel like we need annual training around <laughs> on how to deal with it. Like we know it's an issue. People are researching it. And if you go back in the literature, these things have been researched for years. Years. Right? Mm -hmm. And they're still happening. So that's right. We need to do something different to, to really address this unless, you know, our profession's in jeopardy already, but it's right. going to be more so if we know these things exist and we're not really doing anything to mitigate them. Because right. we have nurses coming up, you know, out of school, graduating. How do we retain them, right? That has to be part of our retention plan, um, really addressing these huge issues. Right. And I think you're so right, Wendy. I think also it needs to be um, integrated with self-care. Because it's all part of self-care. Because if you are taking good care of yourself and you're aware of who you are and why you're coming to work in the first place, and that is to give care to patients, you don't have time for that. And, and something pivots once you realize that. And, that, and it doesn't take, um, I've seen it happen in new grads. It, it doesn't take, it's not comparable to years and years in nursing. It just takes that awareness. And I think you're right on it. Education early on with those students, 
with those new grads, with those experienced nurses. Man, I think if it's main mandatory, I hate to say that because we have to go, <laughs> uh, we may significantly decrease the amount of um, incivility within the profession. Because then if we're, I'm amazed, if, if we're making aware nurses, two nurses, even the zero tolerance, I'm always amazed at how nurses aren't aware of their codes, their codes of ethics. Because uh, whenever I've talked in, um, at conferences or anything, I talk about zero tolerance. Nurses always approach me afterwards, and they're just like, zero tolerance? What's, what's that? And I actually show it to them in their code of ethics. And then the data of, of how it impacts our health and how it, it harms our patients. And they're amazed with, with that foundational data. They're like, wow. Um, so I think you're right on. If we can teach them self-care, the importance of not tolerating bullying um, throughout nursing, from the entrance to the profession, to the continuing of the profession um, in clinical practice, I think we'll have less of a problem. And also if we treat it seriously, you know, if they need to be walked out the door, I've done that too, then, you know, you shake their hand, you explain to them what happened, even if they're in denial. And oftentimes those nurses will come back and say thank you to that manager who's afraid to do so um, because you help change their life. Because that's no way to live, to actually go from job to job and target people. How unhealthy is that? You know, it's Absolutely. no way to live. That's, that's the quality of life. So I think we have to be unafraid to call it what it is, even if um, we're labeled as troublemakers because we're calling out unhealthy environments, you know? Yeah. And I just think it's life skills. I mean, stress management, bullying, how to deal, you know, those are life skills that can take us so far. And who knows? A nurse who's being bullied at work may be able to stand up to her bully at home, you know, right. if they have exactly. the correct tools. Um, to utilize. But this has been such a great uh, conversation. But before we end, can I take you through a rapid fire so we can just learn a little more about you? Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what a rapid fire is, but go for it. <laughs> All right. So rapid fire, just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind to answer the question or complete the sentence. Okay. All right. I know I'm stressed when? I can't eat. My go-to stress management solution is? Prayer. Wellness means? Taking care of myself, exercising, eating well, having a good prayer life, um, and dancing alone <laughs> with loud music and singing aloud in a car. Okay, I've given too much now. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I had a belly laugh was? Today. Can you share more? <laughs> um, I, my sons, we, we text a lot. I have a son that's uh, at Temple, um, and he's in the podiatric medicine program. And he'll call, and he'll just like, some of his stressors are just so funny where we just start laughing about him, and he's just like, oh, my gosh, that is kind of silly, Ma. Uh, because he was stressing about cutting someone's toenails. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, you know. <laughs> But he was fine with it and then studying for the boards. And then the other one is artsy. And 
which pictures to submit and stuff like that to a, a magazine. But they're just funny. They're funny. No, that's awesome. And <laughs> our last question is, one thing people get wrong about you is? Well, you know, I have to say, I, I thought this was interesting. And I didn't ask for this information about myself. But um, one of one of my administrators offered this to me. <laughs> And she, because she said, you know, Cheryl, I was really surprised. She says, I, because you tend to be quiet, I thought you were a pushover. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but that made me think because if I'm honest with myself, because of, um, a lot of has to do, I think, because of, um, my faith, um, and in my head, I prioritize what's important. It's, it's, to me, it's my faith in God and, and my family. And sometimes when I'm going through the day, everything seems so nonsensical. You know, things I get up, I get upset with or what we could get upset with when I take time out and look at the big picture. I look at my patient in the bed and I think, wow, okay, you're up and about. How, how ridiculous are you being? And this person doesn't have that option, you know, perspective. Mm-hmm. But... I, when she said that, I was like, yeah, she's, she's right. And I could see where that perception is. Cause when she said that for the first time, I realized I understood, um, even though <laughs> even though I've been therapist for years, my people will always get surprised when I like raise my voice and I said, no, absolutely not. I am not doing that, you know, <laughs> cause they don't see that part of my personality, but I don't feel it's a, a need for me to show it because, you know, just going about just try like everybody else just trying to enjoy life because it's so darn short you know and unpredictable yes and I love what you said perspective and that's one thing that I advocate for is really creating gaps in our minds and not just responding really thinking about purpose why you're there what you're doing and does it matter right to just reacting so that's awesome well this has been wonderful thank you so much for joining us today Oh, thank you for having me, Wendy. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Yes, yes. Awesome. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Between episodes, you can follow the Nurse Wellness Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Before you go, I would love to share a free mindfulness ebook with you. Go to stressblueprint.com backslash 35 and download your free copy. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best.